Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Bar Path Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right, you know the drill. We have three questions on our Q&As, and if you want to ask us questions, hit up our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend, or the social media at Bar Path Fitness on Instagram or TikTok. Feel like that's it. Yes. Or reply to our newsletter. We give out some good shit on that. Yes. But anyway. Okay. Question number one. I'm 71 years old. I have been doing a lot of rowing and cycling and upper body work, but haven't been confident doing lower body movements because I have a balance disorder. Any advice? Well, first of all, you're strength training and working out at 71 years old. So this is amazing. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Badass. I would need to know or we would need to know what the balance disorder is. I don't necessarily know of any balance disorders off the top of my head, but first and foremost, I would highly recommend hiring an experienced personal trainer. They will be able to progress the lower body movements with you at the appropriate level and speed. And with that, you'll probably want to start with mostly bilateral movements so you can gain that general proprioception while you're moving your body up and down or back and forth when you're doing the lower body movements is, is generally what I'm talking about here, right? So you can start with movements like bodyweight squats, bodyweight hinges. And once you feel strong and stable there, you can start to add some load to them. But eventually, you're going to want to add in that unilateral work. And it's going to be important for you because, but also we would want you to do it safely, right? So I would, I just feel like this is very delicate because again, I don't know what this balance disorder is. And we don't want you to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. So please work with a coach if you have the means to. But again, I I don't know, Heather, what are your thoughts? Like I would want to start her bilaterally because just going to unilateral would be probably too much, even though that would be probably the most benefit for her. But or him, I, I don't remember who asked this question, but yeah, um, I know that I've had a client before with an inner ear issue yeah. um, who suffered from vertigo and things like that. And yeah, we would, we worked on, I mean, our main goal was to help with working on that proprioception and yeah. that, you know, kinesthetic awareness and like just trying to build on that as best as we could. But yeah, it was a lot of spotting. Um, and so like I would spot during especially single leg stuff. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you're alone, yeah, I like the idea of bilateral or you're just, you know, holding on to something. Yeah. Right. Like I was, I was going to say yeah. like you're when you start to add in the unilateral work for the lower body. You're going to have to use a lot of hand assistance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're slowly adding in movements like split squats and lunges and over time, you can make it your goal to do these movements without hand assistance. Right. So you may even need to do these, you know, unilateral type of movements at a reduced range of motion too, just depending on how severe your instability and lack of balance is. Yeah. And one thing you can do uh, while you're training lower body, you can do the bilateral movements and you, you can load the lower body. So you're still stimulating the muscles there. But also as you're doing that, you can add in movements like just standing on one leg or you're staggering your stance and just trying to move your body in space. So maybe you're reaching to the right, reaching to the left, and maybe you're on one foot or maybe you're staggering your stance. So it's a little bit more unstable. So again, it's just depending on how severe the balance disorder is and where you feel like you can safely start. Right. And, yeah. and feel like you're getting enough volume to progress that. Like, yeah. A good one that I give people who do have trouble with balance, they're just single leg reaches. So they're essentially just 
they're standing on one leg and they're reaching the other foot and they're just tapping three points in space on the floor. Mm. Now that might be way too much for you. Or you could do this while you're holding on to something. Yeah. So it just, again, kind of depends. That's why I would definitely recommend working with a coach. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. would be a case where I would say you're, you're going to want to work with a trainer, if at all possible, because um, it will definitely it will definitely get you um, the safest yeah. and you know best results. An inexperienced trainer. But yeah. also, I feel like there's probably some PT you could do for this, too. Yeah. yeah. So maybe even um, OT, occupational therapy. Yeah. Too, like, yeah. And they'll be able to give the movements that you're doing to your personal trainer so they can progress them, but also make sure that you're doing them when you meet with with them as well. Because usually when you go to physical therapy or occupational therapy, you're probably going once a week. Then they give you like a printout of all the all the exercises that they want you to do on your own. But sometimes that's hard for people. So if you're also working in conjunction with a with a trainer, they'll keep those movements in for you. But then once it's been a few weeks and you're getting pretty, pretty good at them, they can progress those movements for you in your training as as they're working with your physical or occupational therapist. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Question number two, what works best for a push pull workout routine? Looking for four days per week of training. Okay. So this is kind of a fun question. You can structure it a couple of different ways. So I like the two upper body days and the two lower body days or the two lower, two upper body and two lower body workouts, I should say. So you're doing an, uh, one way you could do it is you're doing an upper body push day or in an upper body pull day. And then you're doing a lower body push day and a lower body pull day, right? So with the upper body push day, you're doing movements like bench press, overhead press, press, push-ups, dips, triceps work, etc. Upper body pull day, you're doing your pull-ups, your barbell rows, your single arm rows, lateral raises, bicep work, etc. And lower body push, these are movements like your squats, your lunges, your split squats, lower body pull, you're doing deadlifts and it's variations. And Heather, I was going to ask you, what would you consider hip thrust to be? What I feel like mean? it's a push. Yeah, it's a push. Yeah, but what? I feel like people put this in on like most times they put- On a pull day? Yeah, on a pull day. Why would that be? Well, because it's working your posterior chain, but I think of it as a push. Yeah, you're pushing it in. You're pushing your feet into the floor as you're pushing your hips up. Pushing your hips up. It's just a funny thing to think think about. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people think of the hip thrust as a pull, maybe because they think you're like hinge. Yeah, they think you're like pulling the weight up with the with your hips, but it's really not that. Mm -hmm. To to get the or to do the hip thrust most effectively. You have to think about pushing your feet hard into the floor, which will kind of thrust your hips up, which, yeah. But anywho, okay, another way you can structure it is doing four full body workouts and doing two full body push days and two full body pull days. So basically, you kind of just combine what I said above. So if you're doing a full body for your push days, maybe one push day is like squats, lunges, bench press, overhead press, etc., and then you're doing the other variations I talked about on your second day, right? So then for the pull days, you're doing deadlifts, rows, pull-ups, et cetera. And then again, changing up the variations for these on the second day of your pull routine. So yeah, it's just kind of, you know, you can structure this as you like, but also make sure if you're doing this yourself, if you're writing your own programming, you're not just doing movements that you like to do. So this is where, again, I would say hire a coach who can program this effectively for you. But those are that's just an idea of how you can structure a four-day four split. I mean, you can really do it however you want. Like yeah. some of my clients I do, if they want four days of workouts, I'll do three full-body workouts, all kinds of movements. You know, we're doing 
upper pushing and pulling in in the full body workouts but then the the fourth day is more like a mobility focused day so now i'm watching them move and for their mobility days i'm programming the programming work for the areas that need the most work for them so you know programming to build up their weaknesses and it's a little lower volume and intensity that day but they're still doing something because they wanted that fourth day which is always good to get more mobility in so but again, for the client, it's like they want to do something that day. So that's just a, that's yeah. a good good way to do it, too. So, yeah, you can really do it however you want. I think it also depends on like what days you're training. That's right? true, too. So yeah. like, let's say you're training, you know, four days in a row. That's yeah. going to look way different than if you're training Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday or whatever. That's a good point, because yeah. if you're doing if you only have Monday through Thursday to work out, Which some people do. Yeah, you probably want to alternate. So you probably want to yeah. do a lower yep. body workout, an upper body workout, lower upper but if you have if you have like the perfect structure i would say go for the three full body days monday wednesday friday and then you're doing the mobility day on saturday or you could do monday tuesday thursday friday or something like that to where you have like a rest day in between Mm -hmm. so but again like the four full body workouts if that's the way you choose to go you have to make sure that you're structuring them appropriately so you don't necessarily want to do let's say you're alternating between a full body push day and a full body pull day. Well, you don't want to do squats the first day and on Monday and then Tuesday you're doing deadlifts. Like you're going to be fried. So you might have to do like Monday, you're doing your squat workout, the push day, and then you have a rest day in between. Then you're doing like a deadlift, your heavy body pull, full heavy full body pull day. And then, you know, again, it just depends on the days of the week. You might want to do a little quote unquote lower intensity workouts for the other full body push and full body pull day because you don't want to kill yourself. Like you don't want to do front squats again after deadlift. So it's just, again, yeah, that was, that was a great point that I didn't even think about. Yeah. So yeah, just, a lot of variables. Yeah. So be, yeah. be aware of that. I mean, once in a while is fine to do that. Like if you're doing a squat day and then you do a deadlift day the next day, just be, pre- be prepared to be really tired and sore, yeah. but don't make that a regular thing in your routine. But if you need to switch days around once in a while, like that's fine with me. But when it becomes pretty frequent and regular and consistent, that's when you're going to start to probably run into injuries right. because you're pushing the load too much without the recovery. So, yep. Cool. Okay. That was fun. Cool. Yeah. Question three. I need help with my inner thighs. What are your favorite moves for that area? Why is this such a common place? It's like abs and lower thighs and, and asses. Armpits. Yeah. People will be like, armpits. how do I get rid of my armpit how do I fat? Get my, what movements can I do for my <laughs> armpit fat? <laughs> you can just try flying. Just flap your wings and try to fly away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I, I really do feel like when people ask questions like that, they're probably Aesthetic. asking... Exactly. Yeah. So they're trying to get leaner. But they could be asking about strength. Yeah, that's why I want to talk okay. about it. So, right. but I'm assuming most people who are asking yeah. this, you know, are asking it because they want to get leaner. So, if that is the case, this comes down to losing body fat and being in a caloric deficit. So, your strength training shouldn't w- really change. It comes down to how much food you're eating and how much you're moving throughout your day. So yeah, you have to be in a deficit to lose body fat. So, but anyways, if you are trying to gain muscle there and or strength, let's go over some of our favorite adductor movements. So the inner thigh, we're talking about the adductor muscles, right? So a good beginner one that I'm pretty sure we've talked about before is the side lying adduction. So you essentially extend one leg, you're lying on the floor, extend one leg while the other leg is bent and then lift the extended leg 
up off the floor. So you should feel those inner thigh muscles working. Did yeah, I explain so, that right? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I feel so. like it wasn't enough detail. No, it wasn't. So, so go if ahead. you if you lie on your side, first and foremost, yeah. and your top leg is not the one moving. Your top leg is that's actually going to be bent and out of the way. And your bottom leg, the one that's on the floor, is yeah. the one that's going to come up and down. Yeah. And then another cue that I give to people on this one is the leg that you're lifting up, point the toes on that foot. It'll just you'll get a little bit more tension that way in the in the adductor. So yeah, yeah. And essentially usually you lead with kind of your heel a little bit more mm-hmm. just so you have a little external rotation there. Yeah. But. And if this movement gets too easy, you can always grab some ankle weights if you have access Ooh, to them. Fun. That would be fun just to progress this one, but not a lot of people have access to that. So let's move on to horse stance squats, which you should do anyway. So we've talked about these endlessly too, but definitely work the adductors. Mine have gotten super strong from doing these, but again, we can link this. We have a whole YouTube video explaining how to do these, but it's just a wide stance squat. But the purpose of it is to not really focus on the depth. It's really to keep the torso as upright as possible as you're squatting your hips down and keeping your you want to make sure you're keeping your knees in line with the toes so it'll really strengthen your hips your glutes and your adductors so again you can watch the video and it'll explain it a little bit more and you'll have the visual visual there too another one pancake work so mm, it's the worst <laughs> heather's favorite yeah pancakes so these are so good for your hip flexor strength and your adductors and a little bit of hamstring too so basically a pancake stretch if you're doing a full one you're sitting on the floor with your legs as wide as possible and you're trying to get your chest to touch the floor so you're basically just like folding in half essentially but the goal eventually is to to get your chest to touch the floor while maintaining an anterior pelvic tilt and that is Oof. motherfucking hard yeah right so I it doesn't even sit up yeah while maintaining an anterior that's usually tilt. the case generally the case that i see with these when i get people doing the pancake stretches that they can barely fucking sit up in this position mm-hmm. but like it took me years to be able to get my chest to touch to the floor with my back rounded so now i'm working to get there with that anterior pelvic tilt and it'll probably take me another three years wow so yeah again like i said it's it's a good hip flexor move if you have weak hip flexors but you're really stretching and strengthening the adductors too and obviously like yeah. working that hip mobility in the or the mobility in that hip slash groin area so now yeah. i really want pancakes mm. yeah it's always <laughs> fun. like i yeah. do pancake stretch and i want pancakes after i do them so yeah. so okay the reward. next move is called a copenhagen copenhagen plank well, that's a mouthful. Copenhagen, Copenhagen plank. plank. Um, and we've talked about these before too. And this is similar to a side plank if you've ever been on the floor and done a side plank. But the difference is while you're in said side plank, you're going to take your top leg and you're actually going to put it on an elevated surface like a bench. Mm-hmm. And you're going to let your bottom leg, you're going to pull it off the floor and hold it up. Right. And so you're using your top leg only to hold up your body and your hips come off the floor into a side plank with your top foot elevated. And so you're going to use your inner thigh quite a bit. uh, And obviously your obliques and your core. Mm -hmm. I have some knee pain with this occasionally if I don't, you know, like do the white warm ups or so you can move um, like basically the more leg that is on the bench or the box or whatever, the easier it's going to be on your on your joints as well as on the muscles. Yeah. So if you want to like make it harder, you can just have like your ankle on the box. That's really hard. If you want to make it easier, you can have basically your whole lower leg on a box. Yeah, I think that you definitely have to be careful with this one. I would say this is more an intermediate move. Yeah. 
yeah, because it requires yeah. a lot of strength there because if you don't have a lot of strength in the, basically like a base of strength in the adductors, you're going to be putting a lot of stress on the knee. Mm-hmm. So, and I've had Hit a lot me. of, yeah, I've had a lot of clients do that. And again, you can always make it easier, like Heather said, but also maybe let's work on the knee issue. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like working those two things in conjunction because yeah. I can do these and I do these, but I have to work on my knees at the same time. Like when I do the, have these in my program, yeah. I have to really pay attention. To these are so hard. They're really hard. They're, they're awesome. I rarely though. do. I should do them more. You should. They're really hard for me. They're really hard. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And then the last one, obviously, you can use the seated adduction machine. Oh, fun. <laughs> Love this one. If you want more volume or load. I just, uh, the only thing I think about with this is it's just going like, <laughs> like that in and out. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And these are, these are, this is fine. Not bad, I use yeah. this as an accessory sometimes. I have trouble with the abduction mm-hmm. machine because I don't fit in it, but I saw on, I think it was probably Brett Contreras or somebody recommended using those little foam pads mm. um between your pads the pads and your legs yeah. so that you basically because i my i'm like smaller and i just don't like i can't you push can't out enough yeah. i don't fit so if you use the pads it helps a little bit yeah so yeah but, but the, yeah that's the abduction but for adduction you're squeezing in with your yeah. thighs yeah have you ever had an issue with that squeezing inward i feel like you wouldn't no no because you can move your legs no because that only goes are. in as far as it goes and that's then it goes true. out pretty far yeah yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make this like the, the, the cornerstone main, of yeah, your yeah, <laughs> of your adductor no. training, but I think it could be good like a good warm up before like your squats or something like that. You could do the adduction and adduction or abduction just to warm up that the glutes and the you know groin ish area. Mm-hmm. But also again, it could just be like a accessory, like, an, like a, a finisher. Yeah, finisher. Yeah, like your work, yeah. your your adductors are super tired and you just want to get a little bit more volume in there. <laughs> yeah. So, but also it's a, you know, we, we shit on machines, but they're not terrible. They're great for if you have an injury. So maybe like, maybe you do have a, you know, you're suffering through an, a knee injury right now or hamstring injury or something. And you can't do like do that much. This could be a good way yeah. to get some work in there too. They're also so. just great in general to have in your program, like near the end of your workout, right? Yeah. Like it's, I think our, our main thing is like, we want to focus on the compound movements, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning of the workout when you have the yeah. most energy, um, because they're going to take the most away from you and the most energy to do. But yeah. then near the end, you can use machines, but yeah. Yeah. But- if you only have a certain amount of time, yeah. focus on the compound yeah and also like this is again for someone who's someone who's wanting to strengthen their adductor area like if you're if you feel good generally well balanced like you're getting you know i would probably throw in like a horse stance squat or something for like mobility slash work there but you don't have to add in the the machine work for that right. like save your volume for other things because again and like you can't just add in a ton of volume and expect to get more results. Like if you're adding in volume somewhere, you have to take it away from somewhere. So just be mindful of that too. But again, if that's your main focus right now is building your adductors and that's a good machine to add in without killing your body for a little bit more volume. So cool. Sweet. All right. Those are all fun questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you have questions, we read a lot of these word for word. We sure do. We summarize, but recently we've been reading a lot word for word because we're getting a lot more in our Facebook group. Yes. So jump into that Stronger Than Your Boyfriend on Facebook. And if you like this podcast, please share it with all of your friends. All of them. And rate and review this podcast to help our little small business get seen. And it's a cool last name. Don't deny it. And also, I think this will drop in June. Uh, yeah. Let's just hope it does because (laughs) our program, Stronger, 
is 50% off this month for Pride Month. So that's another way you can support our small little business. All right. Peace out, fam. Yep.